what is going on guys thank you guys so much i hope you guys will enjoy this episode 21 of thoughtful banter featuring our wonderful guest layla talker and before we get started real quick i just like always got a shout out the patrons so quick shout out to ali muhammad jordan justin uh latifa and tjam yes thank sir. you guys so much for supporting the podcast we appreciate everything Yo, what up? So we have another episode with a guest. We've been promising you guys a guest for a hot minute and we've been following through. But thankfully, we got saved by our esteemed guest of today's episode, Layla Docker. She is a graduate of the Great Harvard University and an avid member of her Muslim community. She is the founder and mastermind behind the first ever Al-Shia Muslim conference held um, called Ma'rafa, which was a huge success. It was a it was something that was really never done before. The first time it happened was last year, I believe. And actually, we're having another one in 2022. Inshallah, Layla can give us more information about that. All that to say that she's obviously super cool. So you should definitely be tuning into this episode and paying way more attention when it's just uh, me and Hussein giving our opinions about random stuff. <laughs> so without any further ado, please make sure to give this episode some great love and welcome our esteemed guest, Layla Talker. such a cute intro thank you my pleasure thank you so much for uh joining us how are you today i'm good i'm good how are you guys i'm good love. vibes always we just vibing whatever Hussein just said vibes always <laughs> <laughs> so wait marafa I, I said last year but covid i know will be changing my timeline of things the first the first was uh, 19 it was 2019. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> okay, not last year. Okay, uh, 2019. Um, I wanted to ask you, what inspired you to create Marafa? Mm-hmm. Okay, I love that this is like a conversation between young people because I think you guys would understand this perfectly. Um, but the inspiration behind this was um, I had just really started getting into religious programming um and was looking into a lot of like organizations that existed in America and I felt like especially within the Shia community um there wasn't anything that was going beyond identity um Mm -hmm. for for students um for young people like everything just kind of got stuck at like I'm Shia and I have a marginalized identity but like so (laughs) like then what what comes after that (laughs) Um, and I was like searching for those answers for myself. Um, and uh, I remember I had attended this um, this other thing. This was a program for, for the youth. Um, and the program ended up being about like, this is halal and this is haram. Like it wasn't, there wasn't any thoughtful discussion or anything that, like those are questions I can Google, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, and I just, I just wanted something more. So that's where Marafa came from. I was like, what if we, we bring together um, young Shia people from the country and we really delve into Shia traditions of spirituality and knowledge. And as you all know, like we have 12 imams and like a prophet and so many other things to pull from. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt like we weren't, like we weren't doing justice to our youth. Um like we were just not pulling into our own traditions of spirituality and knowledge enough. So wanted to do that. Like wanted to create a space just for young people for that. Mm-hmm. Um, got in touch with some of my friends. This was uh, back in 2019 when I was um, 
in DC for a summer. Um, so weird that like it started from there and now we're back there for 2022. Um, but got in touch with some of my friends. I was like, this is kind of what I'm thinking about. They were on board. Um, and that's where the idea kind of took off. And it took a lot. It took a lot. Like the first time we sat down, if you had looked at our schedule, you would have been like, what's different about this? Like it's exactly like any other conference that you could go to that currently exists. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took months and months of questioning ourselves to be like, what are questions that we are asking as young people right now in America? Um, and and how can this conference answer them? Okay, so I remember uh, the theme, like when I first saw Marifa, what initially like attracted me, I guess, was the theme. So I guess I just want to ask how much thought do you guys like how important is your theme for like structuring mm-hmm. your your uh, conference as a whole? Oh, my God. Thank you so much for asking that. OK, that's my favorite part of the conference. Um, and it actually like for us, the emphasis is always on the content. Mm-hmm. Um, so even for, so like this year, our theme is heart and revival. It took us about three months, um, to come up with that. Um, and, and I remember the first time around, um, I believe the theme was self-discovery and imagination. Yeah. Um, uh, again, it was the same thing. It's like the theme aside, it's just even coming up with a title that captures the theme, uh, like matters a lot to all of us. Um, so so that theme, self-discovery and imagination, what was so important about, about having that in the first year was the word imagination. It was really like we wanted to push ourselves to imagine something different, imagine something unique and something that was needed in the community. And we wanted that same thing for students too, for students to come to a conference, discover something beyond just identity and then imagine um, their like life experience um, with religion at every step of the way. Uh, but not something as a burden, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely. I wanted to ask, <clears throat> well, I mean, Hussein and I both are involved like with our communities as well. And I don't know, um, like in my experience, just even planning something as small as a hangout, something mm-hmm. as small as a Friday, Friday youth circle, which, you know, we, we have that um, as some lo- local programming here, like, you know, people people don't show up people flake mm-hmm. or people mm-hmm. complain about programming i mean and this is just like a that's only an example of something that's like super small that maybe maximum 25 people would attend um i can't imagine the hurdles you would run into you have probably run into uh, or maybe inshallah you haven't r- ran into but tell me like i mean it sounds like make, make it make sense to me because i'm like mashallah like <laughs> the idea is good but i think and not not to put you down but I know we know other people have also had the idea, right? So, like, I want to know how were you able to make the idea happen? You, do you know what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say? Because I, the idea yeah. is amazing, you know, but I know there's so many troubles when it comes to getting programs really started and, and make, making them happen. Yeah, yeah. No, so when I look, at, look back at the first conference now, we were literally just having a meeting the other day, and I was like, wow, like, if I were to be like, if I were to start this conference now, I would have given up. I'd be like, this is impossible. We're not, like, <laughs> we're not doing this. Like, I just don't have that same energy. Um, but um, Alhamdulillah, like, I am still shocked sometimes when I think about how the community stepped up. Like, it was a community-funded conference. Wow. Um, okay. 
the community stepped up in so so many ways like anyone we reached out to any center any person like they were willing to support mm-hmm. um and then um you know like we had we had great scholars and um academics as advisors who were willing to guide us like i think that was the like that was the kindest thing anyone could have given us as we were planning this conference because i feel like sometimes like if you mess up everyone just turns against you here they were like willing to just sit down with us and guide us through our mistakes mm. um and guide us through what we wanted in our heads too so it was you know like the community funded support um the scholar support and then the 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 folks that came to the conference like you all the support that you gave us was actually crazy like we were not expecting that reception um i even mm-hmm. still remember um because i think it was like the early ticket deadline was i want to say sometime in january um and we were freaking out two days before we were like no one is buying tickets like what is happening here um and then like as is you know like muslim fashion um <laughs> yeah like tickets tickets sell out <laughs> tickets sell out the day of the deadline uh, and then we're having the other problem of like what do we do with this wait list so alhamdulillah like i really like i i really really do believe that god um i mean god has a hand in everything but then there's just something where you're like yeah like god had a hand in this uh, yeah. um really like support from every way and i i do want to give credit to the incredible team i worked with like honestly i don't think i've ever worked with like people who were like more competent um and more flexible like i think the the biggest thing with this was that all of us were willing to unlearn the things that we already knew about organizing and religion um mm-hmm. and and really just put ourselves out there um so it was a combination of everything like this was not this was really like such a communal effort mashallah mashallah thank you yeah i mean so i guess um my question would be along the lines of like do you how are you guys measuring your success i think that's for any organization obviously like that's an important question and especially yeah. for the last two conferences you guys have had um yeah. as far as as far as like execution of them do you think you get do you think you guys have met your like metric mm-hmm. uh, okay so i feel like there's so many ways to go about this as you as you said already um and we're still trying to figure that out we've had two conferences we're going into a third one Mm-hmm. um someone had told us the other day that maybe it's time to up the attendee um limit sorry l- limit yeah, yeah right like maybe it maybe increase that cuz the first year was like i think 275 the second year even though it was online we kept it at that cuz we didn't have capacity mm-hmm. um and this year we're still thinking that we're like honestly thinking 250 to 275 cuz we just like it's covid we don't have the capacity Yeah. Um so that's one way to measure right like do you do you, how many uh, people come how how many people come and i think we're just not there yet like that's not a way for us to measure the success we're mm-hmm. still very much at like can we deliver a good conference for the 250 people that come like yeah. can they so like some questions that we ask ourselves and we're still figuring out how to measure those so these are just questions right now mm-hmm. um questions are like you know like were we able to do justice to the content so that's like more so a reflection on the team did we put enough time to make sure that this was a content centric conference yeah um and then also another thing aside from the attendees is just the word marifa itself right it means like knowing knowing self and knowing god um 
so so another thing that we measure this is that like after the conference like I would ideally love to sit, sit down with the team and talk about the learnings that we had because there's mm. no point in planning a whole conference if we're not like say like the conference about heart and revival right so like the team is getting readings from me or like or like we just have planning sessions where we're just talking about the content ourselves um because if we don't come um having learned the things that we're asking questions about in our meetings and that we want in our panels um no point in in like bringing you know 250 people together yeah um so so that that's where kind of we're at we're like very much trying to figure out how to measure the success of this conference and we want to do it content wise like we 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 don't want to do it based off of attendees um we just don't know how to do that yet like is that like maybe you guys can give suggestions maybe your viewers can give suggestions um maybe that's something that we post to our attendees as they come um to be like like what does that require is it a google form is it like you know like just seeing seeing what what helps out or maybe maybe we see the changes in a couple of years i don't know yeah potentially i mean like i don't think we can give it much help we're kind of struggling with the same thing as far as like um balancing how impactful we want to be versus like how widespread we want our stuff to be as well yeah yeah it's difficult to to draw that line i will say though that i i mean again i literally i don't know anything especially it's like what we do on a community service level is like way smaller than amount of fun. It's yeah. also like a usually a younger, <laughs> no, younger, younger give yourself there. credit. <laughs> Please give yourself more credit. I, I mean, yeah, uh, if I if I either do this or I become arrogant. So you want this, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I will say though that like I do think that I do think that it's better to to gauge content because we do see other things happening. Like when when communities get really focused on like how many people attend and if people are saying that like it was really fun and whatever then we just become obsessed with like making cool events yeah and if you mm-hmm. always focus on the content then at least you know the people who are there for that content are the people you want there um yep. and you're like I- i'll say something about, about matter and this is i i'm not saying this to reflect negative negatively upon you but mm-hmm. you know like every conference you know like i remember um myself like i was like in the lecture hall listening to the lecture because the speaker panel list was packed it was, it was, it was really really <laughs> yeah. really really good like everyone was fire yeah even the people i didn't know so yeah. like obviously there were like Aww. certain scholars that i knew that i was like, okay i know they're good and i want to come yeah but even mm-hmm. the people that i didn't know they were like dropping it it know? was really good and then like for example i'll leave the lecture hall because i'm like i need to use a bathroom or something and mm-hmm. i just see like 70 80 people outside the lecture hall playing pool and chatting it up and i'm like what i'm thinking what the heck are you guys doing get in this lecture hall <laughs> you know so it's like i have to say it's like that's not something you can necessarily control like people even if you market it as much as you can to let people know like hey this is for people who are like trying to increase that amount of for example mm-hmm. other people are just like more social and they're just there to vibe you know it's like mm-hmm. that's you know that's okay maybe this is still beneficial to them so I would say focusing on the content is a better metric than focusing on how many people attend for sure. No, that's really, really helpful. And I think we're also trying to, um, to see how, how we get those 70 people to come inside the lecture hall too. Like, I think a lot of the feedback we got at the first conference was um, more interactive things. Um, so we are trying to incorporate that into this one where like the content nice is cap, still there, nice like content is still there, but like, let's do things with it. People. I mean, I mean, no, 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 like, like do that. I, I hope that works. Um, but I'm just saying like people, I feel like in, in, 
in uh, programming, there's always these people who will make a complaint and have mm-hmm. a suggestion to make, and they don't know what they want. And ever whenever you do implement whatever they say, they just they still will be doing the same thing. Like you just, I mean, <laughs> make, make, it, make it interactive, but don't like uh, don't put all your energy into it and be like why aren't you guys participate it's because they don't want to like mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why. Mm-hmm. not necessarily because it's not interactive yeah yeah that makes yeah sense. yeah no that's really good to know yeah i think um i, I guess i kind of have like a a difficult question but like i'm not trying to be antagonistic in asking this but i think mm-hmm. just in, especially Okay, I, I'm, I'm going to say, like, my experience from the first day I walked into Ma'rifa, um, what well, two things I noticed, like, off the bat. One, that it was very, very daisy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, very, very daisy. And then two, um, I guess there were specific decisions that you guys had made as far as the open mic that were um, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> for me. Like, and I wasn't, I wasn't like, per, like, I just wasn't expecting them. Not necessarily mm-hmm. they were bad. I just wasn't mm-hmm. really expecting them. So I said, I guess one of the first things I noticed was in the open mic, because mm-hmm. every like because of the majority of people there were Daisy. And again, this mm-hmm. is just something that happens. This is not like I'm not blaming anyone, but just if you're not conscious of this, it, it mm-hmm. it's just what happens. And so something that I felt, and maybe I'm I could be wrong, but this is just what I experienced is that every every other kind of like culture that tried to express themselves wasn't given the same like I guess hype. <laughs> Mm-hmm. as the other performers who might have been doing something in Urdu or they were just Desi themselves mm-hmm. um and like the energy like honestly I, I was talking to Matthew I was like I felt like I was in Idara like there were so many Nada's like Nada, Nada. <laughs> <laughs> bro they were making up different Nada Heydaris I didn't I, know multiple Nada Heydaris existed bro but at first I was like jumping in because I was like yo okay I'm used to being the white boy at Pakistani <laughs> events whatever right y'all can think I'm a convert whatever but then I was like joining a Nada Heydari and they had this new like Nada Heydari version 4.5 out here I was like <laughs> which Nada is this anyways um i bring that up i bring that up to say like was there any thought given to i guess maybe um making it i don't want to i don't want to make it seem like it was un, like exclusive because i don't think it was exclusive but it was very i guess um daisy centric maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> um so was there any has there has there been any thought was there any thought originally and then like moving forward from that time i don't know like the amount of feedback you received about that but is that something that you guys are like considering? Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are being so kind about it. And I really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, the first year, there was obviously thought put into it, but we didn't um, go about it in the way that we should have, mm-hmm. especially that open mic. I think in the beginning when we sat down to do it, we were like, okay, like, um, like, do we, do we limit it to English only or do we just open it up? We were like, no, like let's do all languages because we want to be inclusive. <laughs> And then all languages ended up just being like Urdu and English. Um, <laughs> so like that was definitely a lesson learned. Um, and then another reflection that came out of that first conference was that if you have five executive members who are they see planning the conference, um, like there's only so much outreach you can do that's going to pull in the non-Desi community, you know? Uh-huh. So that was a mistake on our part. Um, and that's something I've been reflecting a lot on in general, too. You know, like when we talk about diversity, you can't just have diversity without having it in, in the leadership positions. Um, 
so so that was a lesson learned like I can't you know I can't go back and be like wow like I can't change that conference yeah. uh but definitely it was like it was we came out of that conference and we were like no like we we can't keep going like this um so so the second year at least for the open mic what we did was that we were like we'll do all English and then to have that inclusive component of other languages we will allow like one language each of whatever language it is you know um and then for that we I I believe we we had so we had all English um and and like one thing in Urdu and that was translated so that was our solution to that mm-hmm. um for the second year around um as well as like having ambassadors and and like bringing on more people um for outreach specifically um we're going into this third year still trying to you know have these measures in place um and and trying to and trying to do that targeted outreach still mm-hmm. um but still very conscious of the fact that because and and like th- i wish we could go back in time I still conscious of the fact that like after that first conference, because I feel like once you get established as that, it's really, really hard to pull yourself out of it. Yeah. Um, especially when you're like audience became they see, you know, like majority <laughs> basic audience. Yeah, and now like, it's like there's just <laughs> there's just so many basic people, and we're like, how do we go about this? Like if we have 250 tickets, so these are conversations we're having within the executive team. Like, do we do a staggered release of tickets? Do we do like specific oh. communities? Like, how do we go about this? Because we know, like, we know, like the day those tickets go out, like, like there's just so many basic she has. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just want to be clear, like, even like with that. It was still an amazing conference. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I definitely, I think it was an amazing conference. I think, I guess, maybe something to consider is that it might not even be, like, it might just be that you just always have a Daisy majority. Like, it might it might be that way. Yeah. But I think what's more important than whether whoever is the majority or whatever, it's whether, um, I guess, cultural experiences can be, like, shared. And yeah. some, some of the time, at least in the first matter, I didn't feel that it was being shared. I felt like it was very much like these people here and, and me here, you know? Yeah. And it's not, and obviously it's not um, like entirely like a reflection upon you because mm-hmm. I think that's just like, it was like a very um, animalist it, it cultures. Culture is like a very animalistic thing. Like in terms of like how things just end up naturally flowing. Yeah. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think people got there. and was like, Hey, yo, we're all going to be super duper daisy to make uh, anyone who's not daisy feel uncomfortable. But I guess what happened was like mo- many of the people there know each other. Yeah. Like, so like a large group of people already know each other, they're excited. And then like, mm-hmm. I think what I was watching was like a lot of people who were desi, shias, and mm-hmm. those two identities, like like Iranians do the exact same thing, where like they conflate being Shia and their race with mm-hmm. each other. And then mm-hmm. because they maybe at their own university, they don't have any other Desi Shias to relate to. They just got really excited at Marifa. They're like, hey, yo, <laughs> like, you know, like they were yeah. giving each other lots of love, like during those performances and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And like it wasn't intentional, but it was like, oh, my boy's going up there to do some stand up or he's going to sing a song. I'm going to give him some love. And then like I think like one Iranian guy came up to sing and I mean, people were trying to give him some love, but it was like it was different because he wasn't getting all the different versions of Nadas yeah. and all that. You know? so. No, there's so many versions. You guys are actually being so so kind, and it's so helpful. I think I I, I love the way that you're framing it too, Hussein, because I think at some point we do have to just make peace with the fact that maybe maybe that is our audience. Yeah. But we still owe it to everyone else to be 
as inclusive as possible. Um, like anyone who is coming to the conference should feel like they're a part of the conference. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I do feel like, I mean, honestly, like Hussein saying, it being um majority Daisy um is something that you you can't control necessarily. And it might even be a good thing because maybe if you can just take that same space and like over time just make it more open to other people expressing themselves, that can actually be a really, really great opportunity for uh, Muslim unity. You know, like if you mm-hmm. just had that same space and like not even like force people to be like, hey, be less Daisy, but maybe even like um like there's there's something like okay, I'll say this at, at the masjid I frequent now. Uh, mm-hmm. My first time there, like as an adult man, I've been there like as a kid before, but like it was like years, years, years ago. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. I think maybe like a year ago or two years ago, uh, first time I came there like as an adult, and everyone was uh, Desi, and I came in and no one really like looked at me, made eye contact at first, no one said salam to me. Um, so I like I just sat in the corner and um some really like a like a older uh elderly daisy guy walked up to me he's like hey sound like a beta he mm-hmm. called me beta and i was Aww. like huh and he was like how are you never seen you before yo give me your number on my phone right now i need you i need your help with something <laughs> i was like okay and then like later did i find out that that was actually the resident alum's father um mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. He, and he just helped me feel so welcome but like mm-hmm. I, I feel like the way he even said like called me beta like yeah. that was super cool because he didn't yeah. like not comp he didn't compromise his culture he like included he, you in he it included me in it like yep. he grabbed me and pulled me into it um yeah. i don't know how that's done though but i'm just saying <laughs> it was really cool because it is fun to say that nada is like i won't lie like <laughs> <laughs> no no we'll okay. figure it out together inshallah it yeah it will happen inshallah I want to ask, uh, so the, the future of Marafa, what, what is that looking like? Okay. okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> let's, let's, let's make smaller chunk questions. <laughs> sorry, was that too much? No, that was a perfect question. You sighed like, um, oh, um, so figuring that out. <laughs> so we can talk about like the near future as in, you know, like what's happening in 2022. And we can also talk about a, a bit let's, further. Let's too. do 2022. Let's start there and yeah. then we can move out. Yeah. Like That's- let's talk about this, this upcoming uh, session. Amazing. So, so we have a conference coming up. Um, it will be in DC at the end of March. Um usually you know like we're the at the end of the february conference but COVID times um so um changing it up a bit like in case you know like the weather gets warm in in march um a bit warmer at least um and and we're just praying with COVID right now um but yeah happening in dc focused on the heart and revival we felt like it was the it was the next thing to do um it was like a good transition from the first two conference themes um, into this to, you know, kind of like turn inwards now. Um, so that's happening. And then um, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but we do have another program that we launched right after the first conference. It's called Seekers and Scholars. Mm-hmm. And so we work with um, um, Shia high school students, uh, especially like seniors, the senior high school students, but also like other grades, grade levels too, um, as they're applying to colleges. So we pair them up with uh, Shia college students. And this kind of came from, so like it's open to everyone. There's a fee for folks um, who are able to pay, but this really came from um, from wanting to make that space for low-income and first-generation Shia students. 
um, who, who are in high school and who, who, you know, want to go to a college, but don't really have anyone to turn to, um, to review their applications or, or someone to answer their questions and things like that. Um, um, and I feel like that's another thing you guys might notice, right? Right. Like when we just, when we just focus on identity in our communities, um, we forget about these other identities. Like we really forget about the fact that there's like low income Shias, there's undocumented Shias, mm-hmm. um, there's like black Shia Muslims. There's like all of these other marginalized identities that do exist in the U.S. And what do you do about those yeah. uh, folks, you know? Um, so, so that's also like secrets and scholars really came from that. Like we, we just wanted to look out for that community as well. Um, and um, and for me, like having been like a low-income first-gen student, um, it was just so important to make sure that we had that included in our programs. Um, so, so that that's th- th- those are the two things we're doing. Like, we obviously want to continue doing them. As for like more of a sustainability plan, like none of us, the original team, we're not um, students anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a unique thing about Marfa was that um, it's like run by young people for young people. Mm. Um, and so we brought on a team of eight people, um, this year, like you just had the interview processes, they're coming in. Um, so, so part of, you know, like imagination right now is also training these people to run programs. As you all have noticed, like our masjids are run sometimes by scholars who don't have any community training Mm -hmm. or by like uncle doctors who also don't have any community training. <laughs> um, yeah. so, so this is also part of it is like, there's, there's like multiple things happening at Marfa. So, so one thing is also you're working with these first years who just came on and hopefully will stay on for the four years to train them how to do community work. Um, so that's kind of another long-term thing of like these people just sticking here. Um, the rest of it we're figuring out. Like eventually I would love to introduce more programs to it. There's so many ideas that the team has. Um, and, and as you all know, there's like so many different kinds of people on the team with different expertise. Um, so inshallah, like we do want to keep expanding. We want to make sure that there's sustainability in this. Um, and we also just want to make sure that it's always like, it's always community centric. MashaAllah. Um, I wanted to go just back for one second, because I think you made a really good point And I feel like it's something that can be ex- explored a little bit. You mentioned like Muslims focusing just on identity and like the problems mm-hmm. with that. Can you, <clears throat> can you maybe just explain like, like if I'm like, like play, I'm playing devil's advocate, like what's it yeah. like, what's the issue? Like I'm talking to you. I'm like, Hey Layla, like why, why should we focus on Muslim identity? Doesn't our mm-hmm. identity matter so much? Like why, why shouldn't we focus on this identity? Um, mm-hmm. Like, what do you have to say about that? Um, so I'll, I'll just take this Shia Muslim identity piece, right? Mm-hmm. of this and um so so in my experience i really want to make sure that i'm using i statements in this completely so correct me if i if i if i you know lose that mm-hmm. um but but very much like in my own personal experience um like when you're coming from you know like countries like pakistan um or say like bahrain um, or some of these other countries where like Shia Muslims specifically are marginalized um, and maybe your family has gone through it and that's, you know, like that's that's the background you have. And then you you are living in a country or you grew up in a country such as the U.S. Um, and and that's still the background you have. Um, 
I just, I just feel like it's, um, like, I feel like it's a waste of her energy to focus on, like, the marginalization of Shias in the U.S. specifically. Because, um, like, what is the worst um, that can happen to you? You know, maybe, like, you were excluded um, from your MSA event, you know? Or, um, or maybe, like, uh, maybe um, a Sydney community in the U.S. does, like, a, a huge event and, and you're not a part of it. Yeah. Um, we're just not asking ourselves questions of like, do we want to be a part of it? Like, we're just sitting here being like, wow, like, mm. like I wasn't included in it. Mm. Um, and I just, I feel like, I feel like as like Shia Muslims living in the U.S., identity, like the Shia identity part of it, is maybe like a bottom tier like thing to worry about, if that makes sense. Um. No. I, I, like no, I love what you're saying. Continue. Right? Like it's just not, it's like I, I don't I don't want to be controversial controversial here, but like we're not like, <laughs> Let it fly. like Let maybe it fly. <laughs> like maybe we're excluded. I just don't think we're marginalized. You uh-huh. know? Oh my god. In the uh-huh. US. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All all oh my so many people are gonna be so upset, like what? Because <laughs> all some some Shias, all they can talk about is Shias being marginalized. I'm sorry. <laughs> And right, and they are right. They are in other countries, but that's just not your experience as a Shia Muslim in the U.S. Yeah. Right? Like, if you're going to talk about identity, let's talk about the fact that there's so many like Muslims in your own masjid um, that are on food stamps, right? Mm. Uh, like, what are you doing to make sure that they are they they have enough food at home, or um, or folks that are just like you know like going through like domestic abuse and things. I, I I just feel like there's so many other things to focus on that like <laughs> and like some of it is also you know like bitterness and biases and projections. Um, but it's like like there's a lot of like you all know like this community has a lot of money, right? Yeah. Like you were sitting here and like you were rich, yeah, and you're still talking about your marginalized identity. I want you to do something with it. Like yeah. I'm begging you, like I'm begging you to do something else with it. Yeah. Um. So that's why, like, I think that's where like Marifa became so important because even in our MSA spaces or ABSA spaces or like in young Shia spaces, the question is always just like, like, like we're marginalized, but like, okay, let's move on. Like, let's move to like, yes, like we have established that, but what can we do now? Like, how do you, um, like have we have we asked ourselves what it means to be a Shia Muslim? Like, what does it really mean to be a Shia Muslim? Yeah, outside of um, just like identifying as one. Exactly. Um, and and I feel like if we just like you know like I think we can spend years answering that question and that would be enough. Um, I th- but I hope I hope that answers it, Mahdi. No, like I'm, Mashallah. Thank you for that. I think what you're saying is so important, and that's why like. I was like, I saw that, but like, I just, I just really wanted you to expand upon it. Cause I think <clears throat> if we didn't, some people would have just been like, yeah, yeah like maybe they wouldn't have gotten the point. Yeah. I mean, it's just something that's, um, it's such a scary undertone if you think about it, because if we just only focus on, like, I, I understand representation is good. Like we mm-hmm. all understand like the, the, like the, like the noticeable real life. Uh, impact it has if you see like yourself being represented like in media and films and whatever like yeah but, but i feel like muslims i think in general like sometimes we just want to be oppressed and i think it's really upsetting because there are people who are actually oppressed and as muslims we should just be like just focusing on like 
focusing on feeling more comfortable is such a waste of our resources as you said like there's like like there's literally a million other things we could do like making sure everyone in the community is like eating food like yeah <laughs> if we're focusing on like feeling more secure and, 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 and like feeling more shia but our muslim brothers and sisters are not having dinner because they can't afford it that's yeah uh, yeah man and but I we're going that, on twitter and being like i love him Ali. <laughs> some people hate me because i love ali like, <laughs> <laughs> no definitely and i think that's always kind of been my my issue with like the outcry or maybe in like the past couple of years outcry from like several different shia communities of like islamophobia because to me it's always been like okay i guess you had some kind of incident where it was like made clear to you that you're outside the fold of like American whiteness. And now you care about being like marginalized. <laughs> Whereas before that's all you were trying to attain. You know? Right. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. We're just asking ourselves, like, do we want to be a part of this? Exactly. That, should that's, we that's, be a part of it? Should we be a part of it? Do we want to be a part of it? Like we said, like, uh, and one of the other community events we had, like, do we need represent do we need Muslim representation at the Met Gala? Like, is that a place where yeah. we want that? <laughs> you know, do we want Shia representation at the Met Gala? <laughs> yeah, probably not. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's all a little bit backwards. And I mean, like talking about like Twitter again, like I just think people get such a rile out of like it gives them something to really focus on, like 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 um um, I forget the word of it. I don't know if I'm allowed to say the same. What are those they do? What what's like the name of those Shia people who like Shia is like an aesthetic? <laughs> no, like yeah, yeah. You see the guys like he got the Zulfagar necklace, he got the Zulfagar earrings, he got like the the forearm tattoos that just say Ali Wali Allah on both arms. Like you know, it's like you do it a lot. I, <laughs> but it's like it's not like but like but like it's not that it's bad to like show your love so openly, but it's just something missing if it's like you're doing that but you're seen at the club. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, that's the issue we're running into. Um, but, and, and also like, I guess go, to go back to what we we're talking about earlier, I think that's why it's really good that matter focuses on the content because if it doesn't focus on the content, it can easily just attract only those kinds of people who yeah. go to a space to feel only a certain way. And it's not that yeah. like, sometimes we all just need to feel a certain way. Like sometimes you just need to be comfortable and, and, and have that energy but that content is important mashallah just keep 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 that up no thank you thank and we do want we do want to be kind in this approach too right like um like who knows like maybe amalang is actually also just so practicing right you just never know so that's also like a thing we're like focused on in in marifa too you know like uh like maybe we have perceptions of people in a certain way but but who knows like maybe they're just like they're 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 like a lot more pious than whatever their social media products it to be. Um, so, so I think, I think we're also just trying to unlearn that too, to be like, like kindness and mercy and all of this matters. And also like kindness and mercy to ourselves matters matter too, like to, to be that um, for ourselves. Absolutely. And I wanted to ask uh, for those right now who are listening, who've been tuned in and they're like, wow, Layla sounds awesome. This Ma'rifat sounds awesome. Let people know right now, like what can someone do to learn more about Ma'rifat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So you can follow us on um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, anywhere. Um, it's Ma'rifat Programs. So it's M-A-R-I-F-A and then just programs. 
Um, that's our handle everywhere. And that's also the website, marfaprograms.com. Um, you can reach out to me directly if you have any questions, Layla at marfaprograms.com or just like info at marfaprograms. Um, but that's like, that's the important bit to remember. Um, yeah, you can like tune in um, to all of that. On the website, you can sign up for the mailing list. That's where we will release all the information for the upcoming conference. Um, we're just so excited for it. And if you guys don't support it, you're not supporting Thoughtful Banter. So go make sure support <laughs> that right now. Yeah. Go give them some love, mashallah. Um, and we wanted to ask also just, um, you talked about like the, the future of Ma'rafa. Um, I'm just curious about you. Like, are you going to, because you are, I guess the plan is um, handing off leadership to the youth to make sure that Madafa stays something that's ran by people who it's relevant for uh, mm -hmm. you, you yourself personally, are you going to do any other uh, big Shia like events? Like what's, what's cooking, what's cooking in the, in the mastermind? <laughs> oh man. Oh, I actually don't know. I think that's a tougher question to answer than the Marafa one. Mm, um, okay. I am very much no still trying to figure it out. Like the only thing I know is that I want to stay in this space. Um, I just want to be intentional about it. So, so we're figuring that out now. All good. Well, Layla, thank you so much for joining the Thoughtful Banter Podcast. You have been our first guest of 2022. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Amazing. No, thank you so much for having us and Marfa um, and, and the entire team was so excited for it. So Alhamdulillah, thank you. Of, of course. Um, is there anything at all you want to shout out or plug? And not like we have like a lot of support, but no. <laughs> no. Future. anything you want to plug or anything? Don't discredit yourself. Um, no, just, just Marfa. We're just here Thank for you that so today. Much. Thank you so much mm -hmm. for joining us. Everyone, make sure to go support Madafa if it at all makes you just, if you're just at all curious, go check it out. It'll be the first link in the description box down below, whether you're listening to this on Spotify, whether you're listening to this on uh, YouTube. Make sure just to go check it out. Make sure to support the Thoughtful Banter Podcast. This is the first guest episode. It has been a pleasure speaking with Layla Talker. Thank you so much, Layla. And we are mm -hmm. out.